Well, praise the Lord and good morning, everybody. What a great, great treat to be with you once again. I'm always uh, honored and blessed uh, to be with you. It's always a reinvigorating time for me just to hang out here. You're blessed to be planted in this place. You have wonderful, wonderful pastors and leaders. And thank God that uh, I've been privileged to be an extension of your love and life in the nations of the world for so many years. So I always like to give little pictures and give you a little report that God is good everywhere. And his love shines bright even where it's seemingly the darkest. And so we're excited to be involved all over the world and uh, so grateful for his uh, uh, assignments that uh, he allows us to hold in our hearts. And uh, we're just thrilled for that. As you saw in the little video, our campus uh, in the Philippines, we've opened our orphanage now. And, uh, and just this week, about three or four days ago, we got two new kids there. And it was dedicated actually on Father's Day in the month of June. So we've just been open for a little while. We're going to have 32 kids there excited about that. And then, of course, you see our work in the Middle East, in Beirut, Lebanon, y'all. Uh, we're a great part of having that a reality. And now with all the chaos that still uh, is challenging the whole world with all the refugee crises and uh, Europe trying to take more in, other nations trying to take more in, we've been taking them in. And it's, uh, it's so challenging. It's so overwhelming. But yet it's so thrilling. And every time I'm in the Middle East and see our campus jam-packed with people, it's uh, uh, full of problems and chaos, but full of the thrill of sharing the message of God's redeeming love and grace and mercy. And to see hundreds and hundreds of these Syrian Muslim refugees giving their lives to Jesus is, uh, is, is just so beautiful and so, uh, so exciting. So I'm thankful that God gives us assignments in tough places on the planet. And I'm thankful for precious people like you and churches like this one who uh, help us equip those all over the world. So again, it's a great, great honor to be here. What I'd like to do this morning and tonight is put something in your heart that's really going to help you. So I just really, really believe that your heart's going to be stirred. You're going to be refreshed. You're going to understand really the depth of God's love in even deeper ways. And I hope it gives you a great, you know, glimpse of your future. Not just in this life, but uh, the world that is to come, our heavenly uh, life as it were. So what I'd like to do this morning, in fact, is give you a little picture of heaven. Uh, you know, most people want to go to heaven, so... Let me tell you a little bit what heaven is like. In fact, how many of you want to go to heaven? <clears throat> About half of you. That's wonderful. Hallelujah. <laughs> I always tell people I want to go to heaven. I just don't want to go today. You know what I mean? Uh, we all want to go to heaven, but we're just not in a rush because we want to live our lives in this earth and let heaven happen here. You know, Jesus said you could pray that way that God's will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. Heaven can happen here for those who are invaded really with the life of God and the heavenly world, the heavenly uh, expression can actually happen here. So I want to give you a little picture, though, from, from the book of Revelation. And uh, I want to show you a little bit what heaven is like. Now, a lot of times when you tell people you're going to be studying the book of Revelation, everybody gets nervous because everybody thinks Revelation is just for eschatology or just for political figuring out things. But really, revelation is the revelation of Jesus Christ. See, the Lamb of God, the one we sang about today with this undying love, that love died for us, love rescued us. It's, 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 such, a, it's such a beautiful, uh, uh, overwhelming uh, reality that's, that's, that's difficult to explain. Do you know the Bible says that Jesus Christ 
on the cross reconciled all things, things in heaven, things in earth, and things under the earth. How, how do you explain that to people? See, the mystery of the love of God in Christ, God's view of us through the Lamb is, is astonishingly good. See, most of us view God based on ourselves instead of basing our view of God on himself. And that's why our position, and I always talk about this, our movement of faith in him delivers you from you. See, where life gets disappointing is when you see your life or yourself from your fleshly perspective. It's very, very disappointing. Or you see your world from your fleshly perspective or your spouse from their fleshly perspective or your kids or your grandkids. You can live with all kinds of disappointment, but the beauty of the Lamb of God changes everything because the love of God draws you and then faith gets a hold of it and moves you. It moves you from yourself to himself. And the reality of the new covenant is you are in him. And now you're standing before the Father is based on the Lamb of God and your view of the Father is through the finished work of Jesus. Now suddenly the love of God delivers you from every fear of judgment because you understand you have an Abba who's totally favorably to you because he sees you through what Jesus Christ has done. So I want to give you a view from a heavenly perspective. In Revelation Chapter 4 and 5, it gives you a little glimpse of heaven. And the imagery is really kind of wild. It talks about these created beings and the elders and the angels. And in, in Revelation 5, we're going to read from, they're all surrounding the throne. Think about what would it be like if you and I were suddenly in heaven? I believe we'd be around the throne. But the focus is the Lamb of God. Jesus swallows up all the headlines. Jesus is your attention. Jesus is your focus because Jesus is your reality. And you find yourself complete in him, totally redeemed and reconciled to the Father. So look at the Bible says in Revelation chapter 5, verse 9 and 10, it says, They sang a new song, saying, You, speaking of Jesus, Jesus, you are worthy to take the scroll. And to open its seals, for you were slain. What is that? That's a reference to the cross. I always tell people, unless the cross of Jesus Christ is in every equation of every decision you ever make, you will absolutely miss the beauty of life. And you'll really miss the beauty of what God has for you. Actually, I find myself confused. Religious confusion can creep into me if I don't have Jesus in my equation. Jesus has to be in the equation of everything. So in heaven, Jesus, you were slain and you have purchased us to God by your blood. Now, that's really an old English word, redeemed, is technically in most of the translations. Some of your newer translations use the term purchased. Now, I like the term purchased in our culture better than the term redeemed because we don't use the term redeemed very often. You know, ladies, if you go to the mall later today, and there's a great sale, of course, you don't come home and say, hey, sweetheart, I redeemed four dresses. No, you, you purchased dresses. Purchased, we understand. So it says that Jesus, heaven, is astonished with the acquisition, with the purchase, that we have been purchased 
to God by your blood. Again, a reference to the lamb. By your blood out of every tribe in every tongue in every people in every nation. I want to speak to you today about being purchased. You are purchased to God and it's a done deal. It's a done deal for you, but it's a done deal for everyone everywhere. Every nation, every tribe, every tongue, and every kindred. People always ask me, Keith, why do you do mission work and how have you lasted so long? Because this kind of uh, uh, imagery motivates me. The Lamb of God has done a complete work and it's a done deal. And it's for everyone everywhere. People just don't know about it so they don't know how to step into it. Faith gets you there. And we're justified by faith. We're righteous by faith. Everything we have before the Father is by faith in the grace that was demonstrated and expressed in Christ Jesus. So we are purchased and it's a done deal for everyone everywhere. You know, our idea of purchase in our merit-based societies is different than the idea of purchased or redeemed from the Father's worldview. See, we live in a Western culture, and most societies today are merit-based, and that's good. You don't get paid for work unless you go to work, probably, you know, unless you have a real good deal somewhere. Hallelujah. Most, most people have a society or an environment that's merit-based. We all do. And, and there's nothing wrong with merit-based living in our societies. But we can't take a merit-based worldview to a God who works in an unmerited-based system. Grace is an unmerited uh, system that you and I have access to through the work of another, not through the work of ourselves. And so in our merit-based systems, when we purchase something, we use the terminology a little different than what the Father thinks of it. When we purchase something, that means we, we go and we buy something, but we may put it on a credit card. And we may be paying for it for a few months. I just flew in last night from Chicago. There was a family wedding yesterday. And Heidi, my wife, is still there, in fact. Sorry she couldn't be with us uh, today. But um, uh, we were talking yesterday with some of my nephews and nieces. They're talking about new trucks. And, uh, you know, that you can buy a truck. Now, you see these advertisements? You can buy brand new trucks. No money down. No interest. And you pay for 72 months. You just sign up for six years. So you could get a brand new truck. I could get a brand new truck today, drive it in the parking lot. Mark could meet me out there and say, wow, Keith, that's a cool truck. I say, I just purchased it. Now, in his mind, he's thinking, wow, Keith's loaded. <laughs> he's thinking, I bet he paid cash because he's one of these rich mission guys. I bet he's just loaded, 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 loaded. So we're sitting in the service then. Let's use this for an illustration. And Mark is thinking of me loaded. He's thinking, wow, Keith just purchased that really cool truck. Now, while he thinks I've purchased it cash, I'm up here preaching, and I tell you about my truck, but I'm thinking it's the first of the month. What does the first of the month mean to people? Payments. Payments. See, our merit-based system 
lives on payments. Everybody wants you to sign up for payments. And when people live with a payment mindset, they never calculate cost. They don't know what they're adding to their bill over time. They just say, hey, I got a new vehicle and it's only $10 more a month than my old payment. See, pe people are payment mindseted if you're merit-based. But the kingdom of God in Christ is unmerited-based. And you can't take a merit-based mindset and operate it and understand the love of the Father. Because God's love for you has nothing to do technically with you. It has to do with the astonishing goodness of the Lamb of God who's done it all for you and you're called good and righteous and redeemed before the Father just simply because you could believe it. That's good news to me. See, our idea of purchase is ongoing payments so people never really own or really have purchased a lot of things. We keep on paying. And this is what religion does when you take that worldview into your relationship with the Father. Religion makes you pay constantly. Religion gives you guilt that you're not really forgiven, that you haven't confessed it enough, that you haven't done enough good works, that you haven't made it fully right. Religion gives you condemnation. You know, it's amazing how much condemnation visits all of us. It gives you shame. It always gives you do this and do that and do more and do more and do, do, do. It's do, do in the end. Paul, the apostle, when he, when he was giving a synopsis of his resume, he said, man, I'm blameless according to the law. A Pharisee, I was the best kind. huh?" He gives all this stuff, but he says, I call it a bunch of do-do. He said, I call it a bunch of dung for the excellency of the knowledge of knowing Jesus. The lamb that my standing before the Father is not based on me, but it's based on the lamb. And so this beautiful thing that you are paid in full in relation to the reality of your redeemed innocence before God is, is the most beautiful thing that can hold your heart. It is God's astonishing love for you and it triggers love for him. You know, I realize I don't think I could love God on my own. I don't think I could love God. On, I can only really love God when I'm astonished that he loves me, that he's accepted me. And now my love for the Father is always a reciprocal of my focus on the beauty of the Lamb of God and what Jesus Christ has done. Jesus has got you everything. And don't take the merit-based living into your relationship with the Father. If you want to be that religious and always be on a merit-based system, you'll never enjoy your own company. And you become very critical of everybody around you because you'll find ways where they're more diminished than you are. And it makes your flesh feel good. You know, you think, my goodness, I sure am righteous according to that low life. You know what I mean? You, 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 you find a worldview. But when the love of God captures your heart, you just can rest. And your labor was just to enter to the rest of the love of God in Christ. I, uh, uh, you know, when I'm traveling in America, thank God we have wonderful friends like you and this great church that lets me come in every year and you know, you develop relationships, I think, with people and churches, which is the great joy for me. 
uh, in ministry. But um, this one church I attend, this precious lady, uh, she's wonderful. She and her husband, and, and she's older uh, now, but she's known me for many, many, many years. And uh, she, After all the service, she always finds me because I love to be around, among the folks and shake hands and stuff and give people hugs. And uh, she always comes up to me and tells me all her problems about her husband and her kids and her grandkids. I mean, the whole, I get the whole list, and it's beautiful, and I listen, but then... I said, let's, let's give it all to Jesus. Let's trust the Lord right now. Let's take it to the Lamb of God who's got you covered, and he purchased you. He's going to care for you. So I say a simple prayer for her. I take all her needs. I give them to the Father. We cast the care. We announce the reality of the finished work over her life. And then I say, in Jesus' name, Amen. And as soon as I say amen, she grabs my arm and squeezes it and says, oh, Brother Keith, pray harder. Pray, pray harder. In other words, I didn't have whatever she needed to make her feel good yet. So I always say, hey, precious one, listen, I prayed as hard as I can pray. That's the best prayer you can get out of me because I took it before the Father in the name of Jesus and I'm not going to care about it, and you shouldn't either. Each day, this afternoon, this evening, tomorrow, let's just focus on the Lamb of God and realize He has got you covered and acknowledge now this good work that's in you, it's going to absolutely be fulfilled. But we don't have to keep paying for things. You are paid in full. It's a done deal. A lot of, a lot of precious ones always aren't comfortable with themselves before God because they think of themselves before God. The way this gospel preacher feels comfortable and the only way I feel comfortable is to understand I'm in Christ. Jesus is my everything. He is my only righteousness. He is my holiness. He is my everything. I've been purchased. And this is what heaven is singing about. New songs and they're astonished. The focus is the Lamb of God and saying, Jesus, you were slain. And it's for everyone everywhere. Somebody's got to announce the news. How can you be assured that what I'm telling you is the truth? How can you be assured that it's a done deal? How can you be sure that you're that secure that the rock of your salvation that we sang about is holding you stronger than you can ever hold him? Let me show you three simple things this morning. How you can know for sure that you're purchased by God and then it's a done deal for you and for everyone around you. So just believe it and walk in the reality of that kind of astonishing love and let there be a melody spring up in your heart of his great love for you. Number one, how you can know you've been purchased by God. Number one, God has signed for you he signed for you you all uh, know what it's like getting a package from FedEx or UPS you have to sign for the package normally I was at the Life Center USA oh by the way you saw on the video the new Life Center USA we've been in there we just celebrated our first year there in August 
And uh, it's been the most challenging year of my life, but the most thrilling. And uh, we're still there marching on. Great things are happening. But we wanted a campus in America that's reflective of what we do around the world. Because the older I get, I want to just spend time with young people and teach them on mission and evangelism. So God gave us a center, which was really, really a miracle. And, uh, and uh, it's not purchased. Uh, it's unfortunately on payments. But I keep preaching to myself this purchase message so it can get paid for. Hallelujah. But anyway, uh, we, we get a lot of shipments and stuff come in uh, to, the, to the USA Life Center and, uh, or Life Center USA. And I went out the front administrative door some time ago and there was like a UPS truck or a FedEx truck, something. And they had all these boxes already out of the vehicle. And this is a main drag, main thoroughfare. And so the guy said to me, he said, where do I take all this stuff? I said, well, so usually there's a back alley access and all the deliveries are made back there. But since you have everything out, I said, I'll help you uh, take it in. Let's take it through the administrative door and just put it in the gymnasium. And he said, you would help me? I said, sure, I'll help you. I got nothing better to do. So I helped him carry all the stuff in. And we got, he, you know, had a dial in stuff and I was just scaring stuff by him. We got it all in there, set it down. And then he brings out this electronic pad and he said, will you sign for them? And, you know, you take your finger now. It's like the finger of God. And you write, huh? <laughs> so I put my signature. I signed for it. And then he looks at my signature. He said, man, nobody can read this. I said, it's a mystery. And he said, <laughs> and he said what is your name? I said, Hershey, like the Hershey bar. So he punches in the name Hershey because I signed for it. And then he said something to me. He said, these are out of my hands. They're in your hands. I said, thanks. And he split. I want you to know when Jesus went to the cross, the blood of the lamb was so significant in the heart of the father that God signed for you. And he signed for the whole wide world and he puts you in his hands. You don't need to care for you. He's got you in his hands. He cares for you. You have to believe that you're his. You have to believe that you've been reconciled to God. You have to believe that he, 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 he holds nothing against you, that you've been redeemed, you've been washed, and you've been cleaned by the blood of the Lamb. Look at it says in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 18 and verse 19. The Bible says, knowing, everybody say knowing. You know, there's certain things you ought to know. I'm not talking about a head knowledge. I'm talking about something deep in your gut, deep in your spirit, you know, when's the last time you just are so moved that you just know the love of God? It says, knowing that you were not redeemed or purchased with corruptible things like silver and gold from your aimless conduct received from the tradition of your fathers. In other words, the merit-based economies, the merit-based religious doo-doo system will never satisfy your soul. It'll never give you a deep assurance. He said, you're not redeemed or purchased with this kind of merit-based systems. You receive from the tradition of your fathers, but, verse 19, with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. What's he talking about? The reference again is the cross, the finished work of Jesus Christ. You were purchased with the blood of Jesus. You know, the currency of the Father's kingdom is not even faith. The currency 
of the kingdom is the blood. Faith allows you to enjoy what the blood has done, but the blood paid the price. The blood of the lamb secured you. Jesus purchased you. You're signed, and that's the beautiful thing. He signed for you. You're out of your own control. You have redemption through his blood, the Bible teaches, the forgiveness of sin according to the riches of the unmerited system, the grace of God. That's, by the way, Ephesians 1, verse 7. So God has signed for you. I just choose to believe it. Sometimes I wonder, why in the world would God sign for me? Why would he invest in me? That's the astonishing thing of the love of God. It's beautiful. God signed for you. Number two, God has sealed you. You know what a seal is? The seal of a king? That's his approval. The ring of a king, he, he gives the seal, he's behind it. God has sealed you. You know, uh, in our merit-based worlds, Everybody always wants somebody's recommendation. Everybody's always looking for affiliation, approval, saying I'm aligned with them. You know, uh, people like, for example, you know, they're, 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 they have the seal of the approval of, you know, the good housekeeping or, you know, the, some cooking channel or HGTV or, or whatever. You know, and all, all this is wonderful. I, I like the seal of the PGA tournament. I wish they would allow me, you know, to give it a shot, but uh, they know miracles would really have to happen. It, it's, it's not an impossible, it's, it's, it's impossible for the PGA Tour to put their stamp of approval on my game. It's just impossible because it's a merit-based environment to get in it. But everybody's looking for somebody to like them. I remember when I started in ministry all these years ago, and when Heidi and I moved back to America and we bought an old car for $3,600, and I drove around America for six months. All I was looking for is for somebody to give me their approval. Because nobody knew me. I just wanted somebody to like me. That's why I'm so grateful. You know, your pastors have been so kind to us. And you, the congregation, has been so sweet. But I'm always amazed when somebody, somebody stands with me. But now, you know, uh, the older I get, I mean, I still like to be liked. I still like people recommending me, so to speak. But you know what? It doesn't do as much for me anymore. Because I got heaven's seal of approval. God has signed for this guy, and God sealed me with himself. If the whole world forsakes me, if I'm in the Middle East, in Beirut, Lebanon, and the whole world goes to pot, Jesus is with me. And Jesus is in me. God signed for me. God sealed me. good news Ephesians chapter 1 verse 13 the Bible says in him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth you know somebody's got somebody's to gossip the good news somebody's got somebody's to preach the radical love of God in such a way where it shifts people from themselves to himself if you can't startle people with a radical love of God in Christ, people will always take their relationship with God based on their merit. 
because your flesh is attracted to it and addicted to it. So somebody's got to shock you. It's got to be heard. That's why I'm, I preach, you know, the love of the Father. I'm addicted to it. It's transformed me. In him you also trusted after you heard the word of the truth, the gospel of your salvation. Him in whom also having believed it, see the way you receive it, the way you step into it is by faith. You believe it. You were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. God signed for you and then God sealed you. He sealed you with himself. You know, to think that God lives in you is really astonishing. And you know, when he comes to you, he doesn't come to go. He comes to stay. People think that, you know, he's only with you when you had a good thought or had something nice to say. No, he believes in you because you believed in him and you're one with the Lord. He signed you and he sealed you. And greater is he who's in you than he who's in the world. Hallelujah. God signed you. God sealed you. Number three, real quick. God has delivered you. You were signed, sealed, delivered. Remember that old song, Motown? Hmm? Signed, sealed, delivered. I'm yours. Huh? Somebody ought to do... Somebody ought to do kind of a Christian version of that. You know, you could sing that to yourself as you're looking in the mirror, trying to get pretty every day. Remind yourself, you've been signed by God. You've been sealed by God and you have been delivered. You know, you don't need to look for nothing. You got everything. You don't need to look for deliverance. You are delivered. You just got to let the beauty of the Lamb of God unfold through you. Look at the Bible teaches in Galatians chapter 1, verse 3 and 4. Grace to you and peace from God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins. What is a common thread in all these verses I'm reading? It's the cross. It's the Lamb of God. It's the finished work. It's the purchased part. Who gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us from this present evil age according to the will of our God and Father. People always want to know what God's will is for them. Well, the Bible, pretty clear right here, isn't it? The will of God for you is for you to know you're delivered. And for you to know it has nothing to do with your merit-based do-do thing to get your deliverance. It has to do with the Lamb that he once and for all gave himself for your sins and you were delivered. What are you delivered from? This present evil world. This merit-based system is a wicked world. I was listening to a little of the news this morning. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of chaos in the world. Things haven't changed much since last week, I guess, when I heard a little news, too. You know, I mean, it's still a wild, wicked world. Whether it's governments, whether it's institutions, whether it's whatever. Human people can be very naughty. <laughs> but the beautiful thing is the Lamb of God is enough for all of them. They have to be astonished with the love of God in order to have a transformation and be changed. But we're delivered from this present evil age, from this world system. I've tried to uh, encourage myself to not uh, reattach myself to a world system of merit for anything before the Father. 
I'm going cold turkey. It's the lamb and the lamb alone. Now, the beautiful thing when you're astonished about the love of God, you find it changes you and you find you do right. You live right, all these things. But my righteous standing before the Father is the Lamb. And that's why the heavenly, remember that little video clip I said we're going to show you what heaven is like. It's like we're rolling a little video clip and they're all around the throne. The focus is the Lamb. And you got the created beings, you got the angels, you got the elders, and they're saying as much as they can say, Yay, God, you know, hallelujah, worthy, worthy. You know, but eventually uh, people run out of things to say. I'm going to show you what to do when you don't know what to do before the Father. Because heaven gives you a perfect picture. It's going to shock you, but it's going to put you at peace. It's going to give you such confidence and such comfort. It's It's going to be a thrill. So you can know that you're purchased by God. Because you're signed, you're sealed, and you are delivered. And this is the beauty. You're delivered from this present evil age. You're delivered from the powers of darkness. And you're delivered from sin, it says in Romans chapter 6. And when you know and believe this kind of radical love that you've been purchased by God, you can change the way you think. And this will actually help you change the way you live. You know, a lot of people try to change the way they live through their own capacity in disciplines, and that's wonderful, I say, have at it. But I find what's lasting in my life is to let the love of God transform me and change me, to know that I've been bought with a price. In fact, there's a biblical pattern. Look at the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 20. Paul's writing to believers in Corinth, and he says, For you were bought at a price. You were purchased. It's a done deal. You are signed, you are sealed, you are delivered. You were bought with a price. Therefore, notice therefore is always uh, referencing the previous statement. So if you can know and believe that you're bought with a price, it doesn't matter what your flesh thinks about it. It's what the lamb has, has done about it. If you can know and believe that you were purchased, that you were bought with a price, therefore, now you can glorify God in your body, and in your spirit, which are God's. Notice how transformation takes place, at least in this particular, you know, uh, declaration the Apostle Paul gives to the believers in Corinth because, you know, he says in chapter 1 that they're sanctified and they're righteous and beautiful people, but then you go through the book of Corinthians, they were rascals according to the flesh. You know, they are sleeping around, they were doing this, that, and the other. They'd come have communion together and be absolutely blasted, completely intoxicated so how does he say they're righteous when they're so unrighteous according to the flesh you got to show people that your position before the father is the lamb and the lamb alone and if you can believe it you can change you can transformed and you can glorify god in your body your flesh life and in your spirit your spiritual life because they both belong to god you belong to god he bought you he's responsible For you, you can yield to his love. You can be empowered to change. And there's no ands, no ifs, or no buts about it. You know, the conclusion of the matter in heaven must be be amazing. Could you imagine if I was just sitting in heaven in that, keeping that kind of company with the angels and the elders and those that have gone before, and everybody's beholding the lamb. 
I think I'm going to be so astonished at the love of God. That's why the Bible teaches, Paul says that it's going to take in the ages to come to unfold the manifold riches of God's grace. The unmerited world is so different here. It's going to take ages to come for God to unload it to you. That's why the width and breadth and length and height and depth of the love of God passes knowledge. You can't get your brain around it. It's, it's astonishingly beautiful. There's no ands, no ifs, no buts about it. People sometimes when they hear me teach me on the love of God, boy, they, 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 they really want to argue with me. And, you know, we, I, I enjoy the conversations and stuff, but they just are so trapped with their own self before the Father that they got to trust themselves for everything. You know, for me, the most freeing beauty is to be so trapped in Christ, you have no other worldview. Because you see the Father through the lens of the Lamb, and now you see others, those around you, trapped in this merit-based system through the lens of the unmerited love of God in Christ. It's the only way I can reach certain people. Because people are crazy in the flesh. <laughs> crazy. The only way is to understand them through the love of God. And don't argue with yourself about it. Just trust the love of the Lamb. The love of the Lamb is my security. The love of the Lamb is my only hope. That's why every day I feast on the love of God in Christ. I feast on his body. I drink of his blood. I'm signed for. I'm sealed. I'm delivered. So are you. So is everyone everywhere. They just don't know about it. So they're living like the devil. They can't enjoy. They can't experience a world in the love of the Father. What do you think you would say before the Father if you were there? After you say worthy a few times and hallelujah. Have you ever gone to a prayer meeting and run out of things to say? I have. You know, I'm not the most professional type prayer person. People always ask me, you know, because they always want to know what secrets do you have to do ministry and things. And I, I say I really don't have any. They say, do you pray hard? I bet you pray hours. No, I don't. But I find that I'm always praying What do you say? I remember going to prayer meetings years ago when you'd get up at 5 o'clock to pray. Any of you remember those days? I, I'd go to this. I'd, I'd go there just because I felt I had to be there. So you could tell my heart was merit-based. wasn't grace-based. felt the pressure of people. So I'll never forget it was an old church building. and I'd be on the... I'd be in the front pew. And there's sometimes I'd pray really good. And I'd feel so good about myself, my flesh would. Because I had something to say. But sometimes I'd pray for five minutes. Man, I'd pray. I'd pray the word. I'd pray for the needs. I'd pray in the spirit. And then I'd look at my watch. 
And then I thought, my goodness, five minutes has passed. You know, what, what am I going to do? What am I going to say? Have you ever had that problem? None of you. You guys are absolutely magnificent. What are you going to say before the Father? What are you going to say in that heavenly realm of that video I read to you from, from Revelation chapter 5? What are you going to say? What are you going to do? You're going to present your resume? You're going to see who you know in the crowd? So you can put in a good word for you? All I want to see is the lamb. It's the only reason I'm there. Let's go back to the movie of Revelation chapter 5. I'm going to end where I began in Revelation chapter 5. Remember I read Revelation verse 9 and 10? Talking about Jesus being worthy. We've been redeemed to God by the blood out of every tribe, tongue, kindred, every nation. And then the next verse, it says that God's made us kings and priests. See, our purpose in the revelation of being purchased is our equipping as kings and priests. Man, we live whole, you know, whole different. You live totally different if that view of heaven grips you. Your kings and priests. And then it goes on to say there, he started talking worthy and blessing the Lord and doing all these wonderful things, which is fantastic. But then they run out of things to say. This is what I like. I, I like. I like real life, real challenges because I've tried the pray harder plan that my friend always puts me on. That enough's never enough. I've tried it. But I never have peace there. You know what I have peace with? The love of God in Christ. And you know what? I even do more resting in the finished work of Jesus. You know everything in this last year, this little video showed you about, none of it was pre-planned. It just bubbled up. It was just being so astonished with the love of God where my heart could be stirred and I could respond. I love living that way. It has nothing to do with me. It has to do with the Lamb. Look at verse 14, says, Revelation 5, verse 14. Then the four living creatures said, Amen. Everybody say, Amen. amen. I like Amen. You know what Amen means? It means cool. <laughs> it means sounds good to me. It means I like it. It means so be it, let it be unto me. The conclusion of the matter was just to say amen. And look at it, it says, and then the 24 elders fell down. Do you think they fell down in the spirit or just kneeled down or laid down or sat down? I don't know. The Bible's not really clear about it. But it says they fell down and they worshiped him who lives forever and ever. That's the last verse of that chapter. That's the conclusion of my little video clip of heaven. From verse 9 to verse 14, the conclusion of the matter is the mystery of God in Christ is so astonishing that in the end, all you got to say is amen. You know what my favorite prayer is today? 
Amen. You know what I love to do? I love the imagery of the cross. I love the imagery of the Lamb of God. I love thinking, my goodness, I'm in an unmerited world of grace. I'm not in a world of merit before you. I'm in an unmerited world of Jesus. And I don't understand it always. Sometimes when you shift your mindset from our world's way to his way, it's scary to your flesh. That's where you trust him. And that's where he transforms you. You trust the finished work of the Lamb of God. And you just fall down or sit down and say, Amen. You know the way I like to pray? I like to sit under a tree. When I'm home and my granddaughters are there and they have a sleepover at granddaddy's house, I take them out on the hammock when it's dark. We look at the moon and the stars. We try to count them. And I just rock and I think in my mind, amen. God, your love is so magnificent, I don't understand it. When I go to parts of the world, the chaos places where we're assigned. If you live in the flesh, you will be depressed. You'll be full of despair. You'll hate every government system in the world. But if you see them through the finished work of the Lamb of God, you say, Amen to the mystery of revealing his goodness and grace. I love to say amen, and I love to sit down doing it. I love to lay on my back on my bed before I go to sleep, and I say, God, it's been a unique day, but somehow you're holding me. You signed for me. Somehow you sealed me, and I'm being led by you, even though sometimes today I was so frustrated. And Lord, you have delivered me. And I say amen to it. Amen can be your greatest prayer when you don't know what to pray. Somebody said amen. Hallelujah. It's really important to know the radical love of God in Christ. A number of months ago, earlier this year, a great uh, songwriter passed away. His name was Andre Crouch. Anybody know Andre Crouch? Andre uh, had... uh, a lot of great songs. When I was a kid, you know, growing up in Michigan, a little farm community out in the country. I lived out in the country on a little farm. And he, he, I remember having a record of Andre Krauts, and he, he wrote different songs. And through the years, I've always liked him. Actually, his, his church where he pastored is like a minute and a half from Life Center USA. And so when he passed away earlier this year, I drove by his church and uh, saw the little sign celebrating his home going. But then I began to search on the internet for lyrics of his songs. And he wrote, he wrote uh, great songs like uh, Through It All. Through It All, I learned to trust in Jesus. I learned to trust in God. He wrote songs like Jesus is the answer for the world today. He wrote songs like my tribute, To God be the glory, to God be the glory, to God be the glory. For the things he has done. He wrote songs like, I don't know why Jesus loved me. I don't know why he cared. I don't know why he sacrificed his life. Oh, 
but I'm glad. So glad. I still don't know why Jesus loves me. It's astonishing to me. Because he doesn't see me according to my flesh. He sees me according to the cross, my redeemed innocence. It's beautiful. He wrote songs like the blood will never lose its power. It reaches to the highest mountain. It flows to the lowest valley, the blood that gives me strength. From day to day, it will never, 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 never lose its power. Aren't you glad I'm not singing this morning? He also wrote, he also wrote a song called Let the Church Say Amen. And when I heard this on the internet, I, did, I had no idea of the song, and I had no idea he wrote it. But then when I was thinking about this teaching and the imagery of heaven, my heart went back to the song. See, let the church say amen. Let the church say amen. For God has spoken. Let the church say amen. Have you ever heard? I've heard your pastor many times through the years preaching at ministers' things or on television, different things. What a, what a gift you have in, in the body here. What a gifted teacher, a gifted communicator. And I've heard Pastor Mike teach sometimes. I thought, man, that's amazing. And I don't even know how to explain to people what I heard. <laughs> I just say amen to it. Have you ever heard somebody teach, you know, that's why, that's why when you get me, you get a simple gospel preacher. Aren't you glad? Hallelujah. Uh, uh, I, I tell people I'm not smart enough to be complicated, you know, but I love even my own son. He's like, he's like my youngest son is kind of like brilliant. He, he reads things and understands things. I ask him questions and he gives me these cool answers, but I couldn't tell my wife what he said. You know, I mean, it's, it's wonderful. But have you ever heard somebody teach like on angels or something? And you think, man. But you know what I do when I'm in an environment? and you sense the spirit of grace all over something, I just say amen to it. I bow my head and I say amen to the love of God. Do you know every day, if you would just have your prayer ministry thinking and beholding the Lamb of God and have a heavenly moment like they're doing there, you might as well do it here and behold the Lamb of God and say, my goodness, I'm purchased and I didn't deserve none of it. And can't live up to none of it. I'm purchased by God. I'm signed. I'm sealed. And I'm delivered. And I say amen to it. If you will amen the love of God in that way. You know what you'll do just through the little practice of beholding the lamb. You're going to be transformed into the very image of who he is. And this is the beautiful thing. About astonishing love. Just say amen. This is the. Our response to the mystery of the cross. This is our response to the mystery of God's love and God's acceptance of you. The mystery that you and I have been purchased by God. You just say amen. You know what religion wants you to say? Just do it. And do it harder and do it more. You know, religion takes the merit-based worldview and tries to make it work in the father's family. Religion has the Nike kind of slogan. Just do it. Just do it and do it harder. And if you get better, you can feel good. Religion. Just say amen. That's their, he that's their slogan for heavenly improvement. 
But the kingdom of God in Christ is not just do it, it's just say amen. It's a world of faith. It's a world of the goodness of God. You just say amen. Merit-based gospels, nothing is ever paid in full. You always got payments on your mind. There's people who are believers that go to bed at night and they wonder, man, the way I acted day to day, those thoughts I had in that business deal and what I was thinking about that dude and the things I said, then they lay in bed and say, I wonder if I'm even saved. See, your salvation before the Father is based on the Lamb of God. And when you can trust him and him alone, you can transform the way you live. And that's the beauty of the love of God in Christ. Remember that old song? Francis Crosby wrote, Blessed Assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory, divine heir of salvation, purchased of God, purchased of God, purchased. The record's stuck right here. Purchased of God, purchased of God, born of the Spirit. Washed in his blood. This is my story, and I'm sticking to it. This is my story, and I'm sticking to it. Listen, God's love for you in Christ is enough. If you believe that give is good news, give the Lord a shout. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Today, I want us to have a heavenly moment. I want us to practice on earth what we've seen in heaven. You don't have to fall down. You're already sitting down. That's beautiful. I want you at a place of rest. Just put your hands on your heart. And just take a moment and behold the Lamb of God. And if you're like me, it's like you've got to be kidding me. You've got to be kidding me. I am purchased by God. It's a done deal. My sins have been forgiven by God. My sins have been forgotten by God. I am righteous as Jesus himself, for he is my righteousness. Lord Jesus, help us to sit a moment and rest in your love and help us to know how to say amen. Lord, you have to even give me the faith to believe. I can't work up nothing no more for anything. Jesus, you're my everything. You're my full supply. Father, I pray for the people that you would mark the hearts today with astonishing love. Help them to believe that they're good to God by faith. Help them to believe that Jesus signed for them. Jesus sealed them. And Jesus delivered them. Thank you, Father, for amazing love. Thank you for amazing grace. Thank you that we're, as we're in Christ, we can just periodically through our day or 
even through our night. We can just say amen. And amen's enough. Father, help us not to live exhausted life of just doing more and paying more and thinking, oh, I didn't do this, I didn't do that, I must be a terrible person. Help us to rest and know that when we behold you, we find that we do what we need to do. We can be who we need to be. You can express yourself through our lives, and there's great joy. Thank you, Father, that we can enjoy one another as we are, that we can understand that we're all growing in your love for us. Lord, I thank you for this great church. I thank you for Pastor Mike and Beth and the family. And Father, I ask that their hearts be so refreshed. Thank you for the great assignment that you have on their lives and the calling you have on this great church. Thank you for every family. Father, let their hearts not be troubled about nothing. About nothing. We believe in you, Jesus. Our life is in your hand. You are our everything. You are our everything. And we say amen to that. If you believe that, just say amen. amen. Say amen real strong now. Say amen. amen. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a big shout of praise. Can you do that, somebody? Hallelujah. Well, you know, I'm just so excited uh, to be here today and I'm going to hang out tonight. I'll take time and pray for the folks. Come tonight. What time does it start? Six o'clock? In fact, Pastor Mark, come on up and you can close the service out. But uh, I'll be here if uh, I can help you in any way. Uh, let's chit-chat. Uh, if you want this teaching, it uh, just came out like a month or so ago. It's called Purchased. It's a done deal for everyone everywhere. You just like the artwork on it. Make you happy. It's just all the Lamb of God. It's just beautiful. Three CDs. I think it's uh, reduced 25% or something. Hey, by the way, if you don't have money, it's on the house and uh, all is well. Praise the Lord. Also, if you want some books on the love of the Father, you ought to get these. Uh, again, they're all reduced and discounted. And some of my other teachings are here as well. And all the other teachings, I think, are half price or something. Uh, just thanks. Just to help you grow in God's love and grace. Love you guys. Thanks. Bless you. Thanks, my friend. Well,